This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur. Coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the mayor back to the foot. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Tuesday. Uh, I was going to say August. That's a great start. On this Tuesday, October 25th, I'm like the Canadians. I didn't quite know if there was a game tonight. I didn't know what the date was on this uh, or the month was. It's Tuesday, October the 25th. We're one minute past 10 o'clock. Uh, and the Canadians lose by a score of 3-1. to one. They hosted the uh, Minnesota Wild, and now the Canadians are off on the road for the next four games. They'll be in Buffalo on Thursday and St. Louis on Saturday. They'll visit the Minnesota Wild. They'll see them again next week on Tuesday. And then next Thursday, they'll be in Winnipeg. Look, I, I thought after losing to Dallas the way they did on Saturday night by a score of 5-2, to two, I thought the Canadians... Not that they would win. I knew that it was a game that could go either way. I mean, any game in the National Hockey League can go either way. I mean, let's be honest here. A Minnesota team that has given up a lot of goals, losing the game didn't surprise me. The fact that the Canadians only scored one goal surprises me in a way because Minnesota has given up a lot of goals this season. They've been shaky. On the other hand, uh, I'm not that surprised in a way because Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't know, just seems to play good games here at the Bell Center, whether he does or he doesn't. The shots on goal, Minnesota, they came to play 11-6 to in their favor in period number one. Jack Guy pinches three on one, Middleton to Duhame. A shot, a rebound comes out to Erickson Eck. It's one nothing for the Wild, 5-52 into period number one. On to 
period number two, where the Montreal Canadiens were outshot 14 to nine, but they got a big one from Cole Caulfield, who has now scored five goals at home. He's tied with Connor McDavid for the most in the National Hockey League in that regard. Monaghan around the boards to Weidman to Caulfield. He's on the uh, right-hand side, left-handed shot, a wrister. It goes off of Middleton's stick, so it kind of fooled Marc-Andre Fleury. He ties it at one. A Kovacevic turnover. His pocket is picked. It's Godro to Duhame. He's all alone. He goes backhand, forehand right away, takes a quick shot. He beats Jake Allen, and the Wild go up by a score of 2-1. to one. Mike Hoffman has a chance to tie it up in period number three. Um, when he's interfered with, and a penalty shot is called. He was all alone, and he goes in. He goes wide with not very much speed on Marc-Andre Fleury, and he gives him a little pump fake and then shoots, uh, and Fleury looked like he stopped it rather easily, almost like uh, a goalie stopping a shot in practice. Uh, it didn't look like it was the best effort in the world, but sometimes those with even less effort end up going in. But anyway, Hoffman, uh, not a great night for him. He had the least amount of ice time of any Montreal Canadian player with just 10 minutes and 45 seconds. And it goes down to the wire. The Canadians pull Jake Allen down the stretch trying to tie up the game. Uh, but there's a couple of bad miscues by the Canadians, and one of them being Hoffman. And then he tries to get back and tries to tie up Erickson Eck. Uh, but Erickson Eck is, uh, is able to put it into the empty net. The wild win by a score of 3-1. to one. That one there was an empty nether. Without further ado from Habs, Eyes on the prize, Andrew Zadarnowski. What's going on? How's it going, Tony? Very. You, uh, are you enjoying hotel life, or what's the story here? Where are you? Hotel life. Yeah, I got some client meetings this week, so I uh, flew in from Toronto into Quebec City this morning. Then uh, drove by uh, Trois Rivières for a quick pit stop to grab a poutine, and uh, I'm in a hotel room in Montreal right now. I was hoping to catch the game tonight in person, but unfortunately, I didn't get into town uh, in time to. Uh, to grab a ticket and do all that. So I but, just went straight to the hotel room and then watch yeah, out the rest of the game. Correct. So obviously you watched that you and I were exchanging text messages at one point. All right. Your impressions of the Habs falling by a score of three to one, because I have one thing on the top of my head that I want to talk about tonight, because sometimes when you have an opinion on something, uh, you may not be proven right on that particular night, but there's going to be an opportunity where you can make your case and I'll make mine tonight. What's yours? Well, I thought Montreal started off really strong. They put a, a lot of pressure on Minnesota. They know that Minnesota has had rough starts thus far this season and that their opportunity was early in the game to establish the pace. Uh, and I think they did a great job right up until they got their first power play. Um, as soon as they saw that power play, I'm like, decline, decline. Do not take a power play because Montreal struggles on the power play. They're nervous. They have no finish. They have, you know, they have very little plan in the sense that it basically comes down to passing the puck to Caulfield, pass the puck to Caulfield, uh, and and the opposition knows this. So basically, the the coverage is is heavy on Caulfield. There's not much of a shot option from the from the point, uh, and I think it killed uh, Montreal's momentum when they were unable to uh, score on that first power play in the first period. Minnesota kind of uh, started establishing their pace from that point forward, and 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 Montreal was chasing the game from that point on. I don't think Montreal played a bad game. I think it was a, I think it was a fairly even game both ways. Uh, I think Jake Allen was was very good in nets for Montreal. I think Marc Andre Fleury was just that little bit better than uh, than Jake Allen was, and uh, you know a lot of good shot blocks on both sides. Uh, we saw David Savard blocking some great shots in front of the net. 
We saw um, Singleton blocking some shots for for Minnesota. I thought it was an even game. Um, I think the power play killed Montreal in this one. Um, you know, they, they could have tied it. They could have kind of kept up with uh, Minnesota. This this was a game to win. Were they more experienced? And was their uh, special teams working better? All right. Okay. So you're right. Uh, Middleton did block some shots for the Minnesota Wild. And David Savard did block some shots for the Montreal Canadiens, especially on the penalty kill in which he played three minutes and 59 seconds. I'll agree with you there. Also, honorable mention to Jordan Harris, who blocked seven shots in this hockey game. And he's the guy who got the most ice time for any player on defense for the Canadians with 25-39. Where I'll disagree with you is here. I think that this score is respectable. It looks good. 3-1, Minnesota with an empty netter. I don't think the Canadians' effort was as good as you made it out to be, in my opinion. And I don't think their start of the game was as good as you made it out to be, in my opinion. To tell you the truth, I thought they started slow. They had a couple of scoring chances, yes, but they were almost doubled in shots. And I don't think they started with near the same emotion as I would have expected them to start after falling 5-2 to two on Saturday night. And, and fair enough. Yes, they did have a couple of early opportunities and, uh, and they allowed Mark andre Fleury to kind of settle in and establish himself. Uh, he had a big save at the beginning of the game uh, where like, he just threw his arm out to, to block. I forget, who, I forget who took the shot, but uh, he made a big save early on and, and it kind of allowed him to settle in. And if there were any nerves at all, uh, you know, Mark Andre Flores had a bit of a roller coaster season thus far. He was he was booed back home in Minnesota, um, so obviously he wanted to make a good impression with uh, with uh, with his team uh, tonight, especially in Montreal. So I'm sure he had some dollars on the board there. But uh, in general, I think uh, you know whether they started slow or well or whatever. I think Montreal had yeah. some opportunities to to set the pace for the game, uh, and and they didn't. And I think. That again, that that penalty and the, the power play they had uh, really kind of stunted any momentum they had building in that first period. It is the sick podcast. I'm Marinero. He's Andrew Zadarnowski, and it's brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I can tell you that I will be there tomorrow afternoon for lunch. So if you're at Lacage. Uh, I'm going to be at a Lacage near me. It won't be the one in LaSalle tomorrow. It's either going to be Dakari or Ville Saint Laurent. So if you see someone there that, you know, looks familiar and you say, this is a very good looking guy, chances are it's going to be me. All right. Okay. Now all kidding aside. If there's a it's Marinero. One guy who's been getting a lot of praise, obviously, is uh, the man they call Wi-Fi, Arbor Jacki. I thought he was fighting the puck tonight. Um, especially early on in the first half of the hockey game, yeah. Andrew. And as a matter of fact, I tweeted it. He looked out of place tonight. Now, um, a, a follower on Twitter told me, Tony, patience. And I said, okay, uh, there will be patience. All right, there will be patience. And so I'm okay with it. Here I am proning the rebuild. I'm not going to give it to Jack Eye. But, I mean, when a guy is struggling, I have to say a guy is struggling. When he's playing well, I'm going to tell you that he's playing well. But I thought Arbor Jack guy had a tough night tonight. And, and I agree. There's, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in having a, a honest opinion on someone's performance. And we saw Jack guy, you know, fight the puck a bit. 
We saw him kind of slip up and fall, you know, trying mm-hmm. to skate backwards. He, he, he did not seem to be the same energy guy that he was in previous games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's not unusual for rookie. I think rookies will have ups and downs as they learn to uh, manage, a, you know, manage the life of a pro hockey player, which includes uh, on ice and off ice uh, activities. And in general, you know, as much as we, we, you know, dumped on Savard this season, I think we can give him praise for tonight's game. We can do the same for Arbor Jacka. He's very popular with the fan base. Uh, I think he's got some incredible nicknames if he ever wants to market himself. Yeah. Um, but tonight was a rough game. And, and the question will come up that when Joel Edmondson comes back to play, yeah. when Mike Matheson comes back to play, well, obviously some people will have to take a back seat. Uh, the easy first one is is Corey Schwinneman, who's just the seventh defenseman right now, sitting there not doing much. Uh, but you know Edmondson's got to fit in there somewhere, and uh, I don't think they're going to be pulling out any veterans. So you may look at a battle between Gooley and, and Jackeye for staying in the lineup. Well, look, uh, you know Gooley's staying in the lineup. There's no doubt about that. I mean, let's be honest. Based on the ice time again tonight, yeah. let's just say Michael Matheson comes back. It's going to be Arbor Jack guy who's going to be out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, let's just say Joel Edmondson comes back. It's going to be Kovacevic who's going to be out of the lineup. Now, having said that, if you end up playing a team that has a big physical presence and a lot of tough guys, then you'd think twice about taking Jack guy out of the lineup. And maybe you keep Jack guy in the lineup and you end up taking a Chris Weidman out of uh, out of the lineup at that point but you know Tom Crouchman who's following on YouTube right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel folks if you haven't already uh, because some of you are probably watching via Twitter live or Facebook live and you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel but we'd love for you to do it because by the way we're nearing a milestone we're on the verge of hitting 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and if we can hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube tonight I'm going to be a pretty happy guy, and I already thank you in advance. So Tom says that Jack Guy had a shot on net, and he thought he played well. Tom, I will respectfully disagree. I thought he fought the puck. I mean, take a look at um, uh, take a look at even the pinch. There's a there's a, the, the pinch on goal number one was was a bad read. Uh, once again, he fumbled a couple of times in this game, so I didn't think it was one of his. Better games. Now, having said that, I mean... a couple of good whips on the net, though. He had a couple yeah. of good opportunities. So I'll agree with that statement, that he had a couple of good shots. But I'll also agree with the fact that, you know, he did not have a good game overall. Uh, Tony, you got food on the side of your face, the left side. Anyone else seeing this? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you right now, um, I, I, I I don't remember when was the last time I ate. And I had, uh, I had a chicken cut... Actually, I had a chicken cutlet at 6 o'clock. Uh, at my mom's house in a pita. So I don't think I have food on my face. Uh, but if I do, I don't know where it came from. But anyway, I could tell you, I don't think I was eating during the game. Uh, but anyway, here's the deal. The Sick Podcast, by the way, brought to you in part by 8.6 beer. You get it? Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Uh, you think I should uh, pop it open after that Habs effort tonight or what? You know, it's the, the Habs effort. Should I? Yes or no? What do you think? Yes. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, if I, yeah. Sorry. I didn't know it was a spot. No, no. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's not a spot. The spot was done. Uh, I mean, I did my work for tonight. I was just asking you if you think I should have a beer. You said yes. So I'm going to have a beer. 
No, have a beer. Enjoy that beer. That first sip off of a fresh open can is probably the best experience you can have with a beer. Yeah. This is good beer, by the way. Really, really good beer. Okay. Here's the deal. When I told you I knew what, what I was going to go with tonight, here's what I'm going to go with tonight. As you know, I'm pro-rebuild, correct? I've made that clear. I've wanted that pretty much since 2009. But I will admit that I enjoyed the 2010 playoff run and an even longer playoff and a 2014 playoff run and an even longer run in 2021. I did. Even though I wanted the rebuild, I enjoyed those runs. But I enjoy watching great players play more than watching one run every five to seven years. All right? Uh, so, you know, I want a McDavid. I want a McKinnon. I want a Matthews. And that's why I want to rebuild because the longer you rebuild and the more chances you have at a number one or a number two or number three pick, chances are you're going to end up drafting a really good player. 2023 is going to be, by all accounts, the best draft since 2003. And if that's the case, I really want to be in on the top three or four players. So now here's the deal. When the Canadians win games, everyone gets excited and they tell me they tell me that we're very far along in this rebuild and we don't have to rebuild anymore. My buddy George Larac of BPM Spa, 91.9 FM, Montreal Dial, told me that last week. We got Suzuki, we got Caulfield, we got Gooley, we got Jack Guy, we got, we got this, we got that, we got everything, right? We don't have to rebuild anymore. We've arrived. Let's progress with the young players. Let's move forward. Let's try and make the playoffs already, yada, yada, yada. So now, what's happened in the last two games? In the last two games, what, no one's talking anymore? The Canadians clearly, clearly need more talent up front. Clearly. Did people not realize that on Saturday? And if they didn't, did they not realize that tonight? That was a very stagnant offense, which is being led by one of the best offensive minds this game has ever known, and someone who is a modern-day coach who is being praised around the league by his peers and his colleagues and his players of being one who knows a heck of a lot of offensive concepts. Andrew, they lack offensive talent. When someone says to me they have Suzuki, they have Caulfield, they have this guy, yes, they do, but they need one more. If the Canadians draft Connor Bedard or Fantilli or Michkov, chances are they're going to end up being better than any player that's on this team right now. True or false? True. So tonight I go back to my rebuild, and if on some nights – um, my case is not as strong. I think based on the past couple of games, I think I make a pretty good case. If people are satisfied with what they saw in terms of offensive talent or offensive chances or goals or whatever, like, I don't know. We're probably watching a different game. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this is my point of view. Um, I When I watch TV, whether it's sports, whether it's a movie, whether it's whatever, I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. The Montreal Canadiens of last year did not entertain me. They were a miserable team to watch. Yep. The Montreal Canadiens of this season are entertaining. They, they keep it interesting. They find different ways of staying in the game. Or, you know, they, they, it's a close game. They pull their goalie in the third period. Or you have mm-hmm. Arbor Jacki kind of, you know, causing some commotion. There, there's, there's, there's interesting things that happen that entertain me that make me want to watch the game. I, I am not a pro-losing guy. I, I don't like the mentality of losing on purpose at all. Yeah, also, look, I'm not going to root for them to lose either. Yeah, exactly. But I think we're on the same page here. I'm not going to cry when they do, put it that way. 
Exactly. I want to be entertained for three periods. I don't necessarily, you know, if they like tonight's game, it was a good game. I watched three periods. I'm like, yeah, this was great. This was it was a tight game. They all, you know, they could have had it at the end, missed penalty shot, all that kind of stuff. But yes, you're right. But look at the team, look at the composition. You can tell that there is a bunch of stopgap players on this team. So I don't think anyone should be saying the rebuild is done. Andrew, can I stop you right there? Because I'd love to be able to bring up the lineup so people could actually see it, visually see it, when you talk about the talent that was on the ice or not on the ice, all right? Let's bring up the Montreal Canadiens starting lineup tonight. Here you have it. Suzuki in between Caulfield and Monaghan. Dvorak with Dadanov and Gallagher. Doc in between Drouin and Anderson. Evans with Pitlick on his left and Hoffman on his right. On defense, Guli Savard, Harris Kovacevic, Jacki Weidman, and Jake Allen was in goal. Let's please keep it up on the screen so that you can look at it and you can give me um, your opinions and uh, give me uh, your thoughts on what you were talking about just now in terms of the lineup and the composition. Go ahead. Fair enough. Now, l- listen, I mentioned the word stopgap, and and I think that this team uh, – and, and I, I, I don't like calling players out because players outside of the ice obviously have a life, have a family. They got to settle. They got to figure where they could live, house, school, all that kind of stuff gets complicated for them off the ice. But if we just purely myopically look at the lineup and who's here to for the long haul and who's here just for now, I find too many players that are here for now that are going to be most likely traded at the trade deadline. You're looking at the Monahan, the Dadnovs, the Dvoraks, the Hoffmans, um, you know, potentially even Josh Anderson. That's half your forwards that are likely to go by the trade deadline. Now, Whoa, hold on a second. Wow, you really surprised me what you just said here. Go for it. I believe there will be some players that will be traded before the deadline. Oh, before. But, but Josh Anderson signed a seven-year deal. You believe Josh Anderson is going to be traded this year before the deadline? I think he falls under that category of um the previous gm's contracts uh so it'll be interesting to see how what kent hughes wants his team to be tonight's game i wasn't very impressed by josh anderson could be the line he's playing line he's playing with but overall um i don't think that he he um necessarily contributed at the, at, the, at the at the at the level of his contract i don't yeah. think the contribution was there yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if you trade a contract like that in season the way you do, and he's an inconsistent player. That's yeah. it. If he was a consistent player, he'd be one of the top five or six power forwards of the game. Unfortunately, he hasn't lived up to that billing. He had one year where he scored twenty six or twenty seven goals with Columbus. Yeah. There's some nights you look at him and say, "Oh my God, how many power forwards in the league are better than this guy?" But more often than not, you look at him and you say, "Anderson could have given more tonight." I didn't really. Um, you know, see him all that much on the ice. But Andrew, when I ask you and you talk about composition and who's going to be traded, I mean, the first guy you have to bring up is that enough. He's in the final year of his contract. He has no future on this team whatsoever. The second guy you're going to have to bring up is most likely going to be Drouin, whose contract is up at the end of the year. And unless he can put up a significant amount of points and or stick around for what would be a hometown discount, and I still don't think it would get it done because I don't think he'd be within those top players that fall within the culture of the group. 
he'd probably have to be second. Third name is Monaghan. Monaghan's contract is also up at the end of the year. If the Canadians are very far along in the rebuild, you can consider resigning him. It looks like they're not, so if they're not, he'll be gone. But for you to throw out Anderson and Gallagher, I didn't say Gallagher. Uh, pardon Anderson and uh, um, and uh, and uh, Dvorak. Pardon me, uh, Dvorak. Yeah, who both have contracts and both have term. Instead of uh, Drouin and Dadanov, you surprised me. I'm not going to lie to you. You surprised me. Listen, everything's possible, and you you brought up Anderson's contract. I make it seem like it's easy, an easy bet that these guys are going to be traded. But what are the odds of these guys on these long-term contracts that any other team is going to want them? That's a challenge in itself of finding a trade partner for a particular player. Now, does Josh Anderson fit in the long-term vision of Ken Hughes? I mean, Ken Hughes did trade a Tyler Toffoli, which who also signed a long-term contract last year or the year before, did very well on Montreal. But when Ken Hughes saw the, the offer and the potential return from Calgary, um, he traded him. He didn't hesitate. So I think if there is a market for a Josh Anderson, it's quite possible that we'll see a Tyler Toffoli situation again where Kent Hughes likes the value proposed in the trade and and, and based on his rebuild calendar, yeah. well, his rebuild schedule, yeah, yeah, he will part with a Josh Anderson. There's a difference, though, something you didn't say. Who did Kent Hughes trade Tyler Toffoli to? Calgary. Who was the coach of the Calgary Flames? Was it was it a Sutter? Correct, Daryl. When Tyler Toffoli played for the Los Angeles Kings, who was his coach? A Sutter. Daryl Sutter. Did they win together? Yeah. Two cups. Yeah. He knew where to turn to trade Tyler Toffoli. Mm-hmm. If he wants to trade Josh Anderson, Josh Anderson didn't win two Stanley Cups with anybody, so he's going to be a hard sell yeah, with a really long term contract. And Toffoli's four point two five for a couple of more years is a lot more digestible than Josh Anderson's 5.5 for like five years or whatever it is. It all comes down to performance this season. I mean, if, if Anderson um, plays at a, at a particular level that's expected of him, I think there's a trade market for him. If there is, you know, if, if he kind of slumps to the point where he's like playing fourth line minutes uh, and it's one of those like conversations about, you know, potentially being a healthy scratch later on in the season, obviously there'll be a dead market for him. Uh, so it really comes down to, um, you know, like you said, the, the consistent effort from him mm-hmm. is what's necessary going forward. And and I wouldn't expect anything less from any of these players right now. You know, like I said at the beginning, I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And that entertaining means I want to see every player dedicated to yeah. trying to win. Now, if the talent level isn't there to win, that's okay. Yeah. I want I want to see a full lineup that is dedicated to trying to win the game. Yeah, and right now people are probably listening to us or watching us and saying, geez, these guys are talking about maybe trading away players that have absolutely no value in the marketplace. Well, having said that, what happens when you get the trade deadline, and that is usually at the end of February or at the beginning of March, we all know that the regular season ends in the middle of April. Well, teams will say, hey, you know what? Uh, I'll only be on the hook for about a month and a half's worth of salary, so it's worth it. And uh, at that point, they see other teams around them getting better, and they'd be willing to part ways with some assets, especially some draft picks, uh, knowing that other teams are getting better and they need to add some players to their team. It's a sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. 
which is an asset-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates, serving all North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. We'll get to your messages on the SIG podcast, and we'll also get to your calls probably in the next five or six minutes, maybe even 10 minutes, whatever it is, at one 585 sick That's one 585 7425. All right. Um, this, um, the next four games on the road Buffalo, St. Louis, Minnesota, Winnipeg. As they say in Francais, you know, pas de facile. Not going to be easy. Rien de facile dans celle-là, on sait jamais. But uh, four games on the road for this team. Uh, it's definitely going to be a challenge for them. Um, Buffalo is on the up and up right now. I think I think they're not they're not a top team in the division, but it's definitely a team that is uh, uh, aiming to be higher than Montreal this year. So that's going to be uh, a challenge. St. Louis, I think you know bigger, tougher. Montreal will have a challenge there. Minnesota again. We saw we saw Montreal compete with Minnesota today, so that's a potential. Uh, and then, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're looking at playing Mizozur or anything like that, yeah. you know, maybe Minnesota is the game to put some money down on, and, and Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you know, that's that can go either way as well. I think this 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 four game road trip will will go pretty far in setting a pace for what the season's going to look like. But I think we know that this season is is not going to be pretty, and there will be some stretches of of, of pain. Um, maybe not like eight losses in a row times two like it was a couple of seasons ago. But um, you know, expectations wise, yeah, I, I'll always baseline my expectations at keeping the games close to the third period. But this is why, like, I don't, you know, I don't want the Canadians to be in no man's land. You know, up until a couple of games ago, they were looking like they were going to be, you know, maybe around finish 20th overall in the league. And I understand it's still early on in the season. I don't want them to be in no man's land. You either make the playoffs uh, or if you're going to miss them, uh, well, you might as well be as bad as possible and give yourself the best chance of probably. They'll never be as bad as Arizona or Vancouver right now. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think Arizona, by the way, was uh, victorious tonight. The last time I checked versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm pretty sure they actually came away with a win and uh, they haven't won too many games this year. I think it's their second win of the season if they did. And mm-hmm. uh, yes, they doubled up on Columbus by a score of six to three. Anyway, I was told not to get to the scores and I don't want to get to them anyway, because, uh, the team that I thought was going to win the game tonight was Detroit. And uh, I thought they were going to beat the New Jersey Devils, and they lost too. So you know what? I don't even want to talk about the scores right now. Some people told me to stay away from the scores because if they want the scores, they can have them. They already have their phone or their tablet in their hand or whatever. So I'm going to stay away from the scores. And, Yellow, if you want to bring up some questions, maybe we'll even make Andrew tackle them. And then, Yellow, is there any way? Okay, Farzeen Kara. Hi, Tony. Great job tonight. Who do you think the next Habs, next power play quarterback is out of the three young defensemen? Or is it someone else in the farm, or is he not an organization yet? I got an answer for this. I can't wait to give you mine. Go I, would ahead, love, I would love to see Caden Gooley develop into that defenseman. Mm-hmm. I would really love to. I mean, Montreal is like the, the, a quarterback on the power play. Yeah. It's been a long time since Montreal had a proper one. And I may shock a few people here, but I'm going to say the last proper one was Andre Markov. Um, okay. For me, Shea Weber was a shot from the point, but not a quarterback on the power play. 
Um, you know, you had some other distributors, like you had Jonathan Drouin kind of distributing the pucks off the board. You know, he has a certain skill set there. But in, in, in terms of, of a real general for me, is is a defenseman who's would you, so would you so because you're looking at it, you you wouldn't qualify Kovalev as a quarterback on a power play for example would you for, for me I I have very mixed mixed memories of Kovalev because he was so uh, polarizing in terms of his play sometimes he'd be completely invisible and sometimes he'd be a magician okay. so to call him a, a quarterback he was too inconsistent for me. Uh, season in, season out to be a proper but, quarterback. But let's get back to the question because yeah. uh, the gentleman asked, out of the Canadians' young defensemen, mm-hmm. who has the best chance to quarterback a power play? Okay? Yeah. You ready for my answer? Give her. Logan Mayu. Ooh. Out of I the Canadians' know. young defensemen, I think he has the best chance to quarterback the power play. Between He's him, got a shot. He's got a shot, and I'll give him that. Between um, him, between Gooley, between mm-hmm. Harris, between Barron, who's in Laval, uh, between you know anybody, all those young guys, I I think Mayu has the best chance to quarterback the power play or to be the power play quarterback out of all of them. He has a lot of development left to do, and you know I don't even want to talk about the baggage that baggage that's associated with him right now, but you know that's in the past. Forget it. In terms of what I saw last year in the OHL and what I'm seeing this year in the OHL, he still has a lot of development to do in terms of um, of vision and on-ice intelligence. Um, oh, I'm not saying I, he's going to make the NHL anytime soon. What no, exactly. Like if, if he's to be a quarterback, I need to see a leap, a massive leap forward in the way he sees the game in the OHL this season. Yeah. Um, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is the way um, – if Gooley becomes that number one, for example, mm-hmm. by the time Mayu ends up making the National Hockey League and he ends up quarterbacking a power play, I believe him quarterbacking the power play will be superior to Gooley quarterbacking the power play. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that Mayu is going to make this team next year. I'm saying that they'll all have a chance to quarterback the power play but yeah. of all the young defensemen, the next one who's going to establish himself as a number one will be my you. And if there's uh, a little bit of a, um, um, I was also say, late, let, sorry, I wouldn't say a surprise, but Lane Hudson could probably be that next guy. Ah, you took him away from me. That was my answer. That was my yeah. that was my retort. Uh, Lane Hudson, his on ice intelligence is on another level. Uh, and, and if if there is a guy, and let's let's define what we mean by you know the other guy's got a hundred eight mile per hour slap shot too. So exactly, but exactly, exactly. That's my point. Yes. Let's define what we mean by a quarterback. For me, a quarterback is not just a shot from the point, but it's a guy who can slow the play down, calm everyone down, make sure everyone's in position, see what his options are, distribute a play, uh, distribute the puck for a play. Mm-hmm. He's the guy you give the puck to uh, to, to to kind of to set up the play in the zone. And for me, Lane Hudson, in terms of the prospects, uh, will be a, pro- a a better quarterback in that sense than Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu can be the the point shot. He can be the Sheldon, Sheldon Surrey. He can be the Shea Weber. But in terms of puck distribution and seeing the ice, for me right now, it's Lane Hudson. All right. Okay. Um, others. We'll take other questions. Let's go. Hi, Tony. Am I crazy to say Alex Burroughs is in over his head as a power play coach? I think it's safe to say 
that Alex has not produced the results that we would have liked to have seen on the power play since his nomination. He was he was promoted way too quick. Uh, you know, he was a rookie coach in the AHL, and great. You know, you want to bring in these guys that have you know a mind for hockey and get them to develop in the minor leagues. He was promoted to Montreal in a season where there was no external hires. It was just internal fires and, and promotions. Uh, and I think he was the default guy brought up from Laval to be an assistant with uh, Ducharme. And Correct. Both he and Ducharme were promoted early yeah. because of Claude Julien and Kirk Muller losing their jobs. Correct. And they were, they were promoted too early. And I think that was one of the major harbingers of the end of Bergevin when he made that move. Other questions coming in. Raymond Singh. Hi, guys. Is there any goalie in the system that will be a starter other than Primo? If not, we drafting a goalie next summer? Well, always draft goalies because you want to have as many prospects as you want because goalies, yeah. it's, it's, it's black magic. You don't know if they're going to be you know good in five years or just yeah. good now and things fall apart. Um, Frederick Deshaux is doing really good in Sweden right now. The, the Danish goalie that they uh, drafted several years ago. You know, he played for, uh, for the Danish uh, in, international team. I want to say Olympics or, or, or the World Cup, one or the other. I don't have the stats in front of me right now. But he's playing for Frölunda this year in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, and he is putting up some great numbers. Um, he's definitely a prospect to look out for. Um, great numbers is the kid that they have at Ohio State University, too. He's got great numbers. Yeah. Uh, every goalie in Montreal's system right now. The Czech goalie. Easy. Yeah, the, Jacob, uh, Jacob, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dopes, uh, how you pronounce it? And wow. he's also a Jove of Verbetic, uh, who started uh, in the ECHL this season for the Lyon de Trois Rivières. He played a game last week, and um, I was really impressed with his reflexes. He had he made some real quick pad saves, and he's a tall kid at uh, six foot six, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, well, that I'm Czech goalie gonna... that I was talking to you about that plays. Uh, in the Big Ten there for Ohio State University. I think he's like 6'5 or 6'6 too, a former fifth pick over uh, fifth round pick. Yeah. But that kid is that kid has he's got size. Now so does Primo, let's not forget. He's got size, but he's got a lot of upside. I mean, his save percentage is uh over 930 and his goals against average is like under 180. So uh, that kid's on fire this season. Right now, the goalie depth right now for Montreal is the best I've ever seen it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yeah. typically they have like, you know, one guy in the AHL, uh, maybe one guy in the OHL or something like that. And, and things kind of fizzled out, but you know, Primo, let's not, let's not forget him yet. Let's not throw him under the bus and say he's done. He still has things to he's prove. He's not done. No, he's not done. No, he's not done. He's still young. Goalies develop slowly. Like yeah. if people say defense, defensemen develop slow, goalies develop even slower. Um, so Primo might come in, but then you got Dushow, you got Dobes and you got Verbetic all kind of uh, in the rearview mirror as well. He's Andrew Zadarnowski, Habs Eyes on the Prize. Give him a follow on Twitter. And uh, I love this guy. Enjoy your night in uh, in Quebec City? Uh, Montreal right now. Oh, you're in Montreal, right? Oh, that's right. You said you weren't able to get back in time to go to the game, but you had yeah. gone to Quebec, and then you stopped in Three Rivers. I think you said you had a Putin, and then you went back to Montreal. All right. Well, I'll see you, Victoria. All right. Have, your, <laughs> have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much. All right. There you have it. 
Uh, Andrew's under now. Okay, let's go back to Master Control. I haven't checked in with my buddy Aniello and Sammy, who I actually visited today at their home in Kirkland. I stopped by. They gave me some cake. It was a little piece they put in front of me. I devoured it like I was going to the electric chair two minutes later, and uh, and they gave me another piece. True story, no? True story. A little bit louder. You hear me? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? I ask you, and you you. I ask you what's going on, and you say yeah. what's going on. No, no. What's going on? Well, the reason I ask you is because you usually know more than me, so I'm asking you what's going on. Well, yes, no, but <laughs> while I'm doing the show, yep. I cannot possibly follow what was said at the press conference and all that stuff. I don't know if you did because I know you guys are very busy at Master Control, but is there anything that is kind of like headline worthy here? Is there anything that was said that caught people's attention, was picked up by media outlets, this, that, whatever, all that stuff? Anything? Nothing, nothing caught our attention. All good. Uh, all Nothing caught your attention? Nothing all good. caught our attention. Nope. Okay, so there's nothing, uh, you know what, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and see that there was a huge comment that was made and this and that, and you guys didn't tell me anything. Not at all. We're all good at master control. Okay, very, very good. What do you want to do here? We want to take calls or what? What's the story here? Yeah, we have a couple of calls on hold. We have a lot of comments. We'll go back and forth. Okay, so why don't we do this? Everybody. What do you want to do first, comments or calls? Want to do calls first? No, no, let's get to calls because then okay, I, let's, let's get, get to calls. a couple of calls. All right, okay, let's do that. And I want to let you know, that you called is brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. One triple eight five eight five sick is the number. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. You called. Presented by Playground. Andrew, good evening. Andrew? We're going to do this all over again now. But is Andrew there? No, it's Alan. Oh, it's Alan. This is Aniello's fault at Master Control. He believes Andrew is Alan. He believes Alan is Andrew. I don't understand what's going on anymore. If this guy didn't own the company, I would have fired him by now. <laughs> What's going on, Alan? Well, everybody deserves a second chance, Tony. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. He's on his fifth, though. Now, this is Alan, as in your first name. It's not Jake Allen. No, no, it's not. It's Jake Alan, your Allen. first name. Okay, Alan, what's going on? What's on your mind? Well, I listened to you and Andrew there earlier about who you would trade and who you wouldn't. I agree with you. You've got to keep Anderson around because I, I think when all the dust settles, he'll he'll yeah. be with Caulfield and uh, Suzuki. But that whole third line, Gallagher, I'm sure we have to remember Bergeron said, you want loyalty, get a dog. Well, yeah. Gallagher is his dog. So that, that whole third line, I think, should be traded eventually, Duran included. And Yeah. If I don't know why we're trade, talking about that now, though, though because it's, it's not like they're going to get traded this week or next week. You know what I mean? It's, oh, it's no, not no, happening. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and I even look at uh, Duran uh, – or not Drew and uh, Jake Allen being shipped out of the trade deadline if the deal is right. I mean, well, I said around when we're in the playoffs. I said at the beginning of the season, I love Jake Allen, but I believe he is counterproductive for a rebuild because he will steal points. A lot of people got back to me and said, no, he won't. Well, there's some advance, uh, there's some analytics that have been done over the last week. There was something I read a couple of days ago 
that actually said that Jake Allen is actually stealing some points for the Canadians and is counterproductive for the rebuild. So I think my opinion was right on that one. Thank you for a change. So we'll say. It doesn't happen right. often. You're right. Yeah. And one last note before I let you go. Of course, of course. Dr. Andrew is um, I agree with you about um, Logan Mayu. Uh, being up in Sudbury, I've seen this kid play, and and what better place for him to play than with the London Knights with the Hunters? With, with yeah, him, with the Hunters. Well, of course, he, he will uh, develop. Of course, he will develop a lot quicker than other other people yeah. would develop. Yeah, of course, you're 100 percent right about that. Thanks so much for calling me. I pre- where where did you call me from exactly, Alan? Sudbury. Oh, you're in. Oh, yeah, that's right. You you said you went to watch him in Sudbury, so you're in Sudbury right now. Big Montreal Canadiens fan. Absolutely. How are you a Montreal Canadiens fan and a fan of the of 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 Mark uh, of uh, of Dale Hunter at the same time? Mark played for the Canadiens, but Dale was uh, was a Quebec Nordique. Oh, yeah. Well, Dale Hunter played with the Subway Wolves. Yeah. No. No. I got you. I got you. Thanks so yeah. much for calling, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm not so sure that Agnello actually wrote Allen, by the way. I think when he wrote Andrew, it's because Andrew Zadarnowski was going to join us earlier on. All right. Uh, do we have another call in yellow? I don't even know. If you love the podcast, comment sick, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or on Spotify, leave us a five-star review. If you like what you're hearing, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, when I worked in radio, you had a kind of a monitor that told you who was on line one and who was on line two and who was on line three and who was on line four. Uh, in the podcast world, it lo- works a little bit differently. You're on a streaming website, and you kind of kind of have like a private chat on the side, and that's the difference. And just as I said that on the private chat, it tells me that we're going to Jerry on the West Island. Okay. Jerry. How are you, Tony? Very good. I've never known the answer to this, but would it be on the West Island or in the West Island? No, in the West Island, specifically in Kirkland, if you want details. So in the West um, Island makes more sense than on the West Island. Okay. In the West Island in Kirkland. You're not too far from Agnello and Sammy, actually. I don't know where they are. Well, they live next to Beneval Park. I can't give the exact address, but I'm sure you know where that is, right? I'm about two blocks from there. Is that right, and, eh? Uh, two blocks from there is uh, the 18th draft pick of the Canadians in 2018, was it? Uh, Louis LeBlanc. Well, Louis LeBlanc was in 2018. If memory serves me well, he was 2009. Okay, you're right, 2009, of course. Well, I didn't even look that up, but if my memory serves me well, I believe it's 2009. Well, I'm 67, so there you go. But um, I'd just like to make a few points and like hear your comments on them. I like the Ottawa Senators. I really like the Ottawa Senators a lot. I, I think they consistently out picked the Canadians in the draft. They How so? Five snipe- well, they got five snipers on their team. Okay. And and, e- and even getting a couple old players, or not old players, but, you know, veterans, mm-hmm. they're going to do very well, I predict. Whereas we have one sniper, and I think you know who that is. Now, we also have a really good centerman and maybe a few other good players uh, up front. But a lot of guys should have been gone. And Okay, uh, so tell me. Okay, hold on a second. They, yeah. Tell me who are the players that you like. Well, obviously, you know, Cole Caulfield and... Um, no, no, tell me the Ottawa prospects, the, the Ottawa's young players that you like. Tell, talk to me about them for, if you can. 
Who are they? Oh, you want me to do it off the top of my head? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so um, who are they? Okay, okay well... Um, it shouldn't um, be very hard. I mean, I know the answer. I can help you out if you want. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're talking about Tim Stutzla, and you're talking about Jake Anderson to start with a couple, correct? Right, right. All right. Um, they were drafted the yeah. year Caden Gooley was drafted, correct? Just say correct. Correct. Oh, perfect. I, I know that. Ottawa drafted Stutzla third overall, correct? Say correct. Cor- right. And Sanderson fifth overall, correct? Say correct. Right. And I like Batherson. Perfect. And and hold on a second. Let's let's finish with this draft if we can. Don't 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 go too fast here. It's uh, no, it's, mean, uh, it's, know, it's, a, it's not a sprint. It's, it's a marathon. Okay. The draft. So hold on a second. Example, Brady could Brady Kachuk was a huge mistake, obviously. Yes, but hold on. But before we get to that, let's just go back to where we were. Okay. Stutzla okay. and Sanderson. That draft that they were drafted third and fifth. The Canadians drafted Gooley at sixteenth. Okay. There is nothing, mm-hmm. very unfortunately, nothing the Montreal Canadiens can do in regards to that draft. Okay? Nothing. I, I agree. Now, there's another draft that Ottawa drafted Shane Pinto. You remember that? Uh, I don't remember the exact. Well, he's, draft, a, he's but... a good prospect. Shane Pinto was drafted with the first pick of the second round. He was drafted 32nd. But the Montreal Canadiens' first pick that year, the Canadiens drafted 15th, and they drafted Cole Caulfield. So there's nothing the Canadiens can do about not getting Pinto in that regard, and that's pretty good. Correct? You're with well, me now, I'm right? Not, you're right. I'm not, I'm not going to go through it like draft by draft. So now, the Ottawa Senators drafted Brady Kachuk, that I agree with you, the Canadiens should have drafted instead of Kakanyemi. And another great pick in 2017 was Drake Batherson, who's a fourth-round pick. You're right about and you that. Got jo- you got Josh Norris also. You know, you've got just a lot of players there now. And I'm not specifically all drafts, but, I mean, Claude Giroux, Alex DeBrincat, those are great guys to bring in. I just think they're going to do really a lot better. Now, yeah. I'm not blaming the new management. The new management is professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the old management was amateur hour. Yeah. Okay, now you know how they got Josh Norris, right? Um, I could try to remember, but... Um, well, I could tell you that they did not draft Josh Norris. If memory serves me well, he went over in the trade for Eric Carlson. And Mositumo. Right, I think. And Mositu. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah. if, I mean, no, if you're going to tell me they do a better draft than drafting... I can remember them. Yeah, yeah but, no, but we, we, yeah. We, we have to have the right information, Jerry. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not, I'm not even general. sure it was the Carlson trade, but I'm 99% sure it was the Carlson trade. Sammy and Yellow, if you can bring it up, I'm pretty sure that Josh Norris was drafted by the San Jose Sharks, and he came over in the Eric Carlson trade. If you can write in our private chat, that would be absolutely right. fantastic. All right. Anything else? Right. No, I was just saying generally they put together a really good team. Well, I hope so. They've been in the basement for like 8,000 years, Jerry. No, it, it took time. You're right. And we only, our wow. management's only in place a short time. And yeah. they had a great track record where they were, um, you know, our president or whatever he is. Uh, he's just, an, he's been an outstanding manager in, with the Rangers. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I really like our general manager too. They're, they're very yeah. sharp people, it seems. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we're missing a couple of really good defensemen. All which right. I think would really help. You've been uh, yeah. you've been heard, and, and and Sammy tells me he definitely came over in the Eric Carlson draft. Jerry, you sound like a good guy to me. 
You call again and have faith in your Montreal Canadiens. We'll talk All to right, you. All right, you take care of yourself. All right, thank you. You even told me to take care. What a nice guy. All right, okay. Back to the full lines we go. Where are we going exactly here? Or bring up a comment. Let's go. I'll wait by love. Let's move here. Who are we going to? Tony's patience with this Senators fan is sick, says uh, M-K-R-C-I-V-O-J. I don't know what that's supposed to. Others coming in. Montreal bad at developing players anyway. Yes, that's true. Uh, we got Nick Suzuki for Craig Rive. Yes, because Craig Rive was traded. Um to the San Jose Sharks for Josh Georges and a draft pick, and the draft pick ended up being Max Pacioretty that the Canadians drafted 22nd overall back in 2007 and then eventually ended up trading Max Pacioretty to the Vegas Golden Knights for Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar. Phil is in Quebec City. Phil, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Tony? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. That was a good loss tonight. It was a good loss. Explain that one to me. Uh, meaning what exactly? Well, I mean, I mean, well, I'm I'm rooting for the team to win some, but at the same time, we want to draft a good draft pick. So if we yeah. lose it, it ain't that bad. And it's young guys. So props to them. So you're all for but, the uh, rebuild, yeah. basically. You're all for the rebuild. Yeah, yeah I'm for the rebuild. Yeah, but Harry I'm for the rebuild, too. Tonight. Phil, I'm for the rebuild. Phil, if I can, <clears throat> I'm for the rebuild too, but I want to see exciting games in the meantime. Tonight was not overly exciting. I mean, I felt like uh, Fred Flintstone when the doctor told him that uh, he couldn't fall asleep, he had to keep his eyes open, and Wil- Wilma gave him some toothpicks to put in his eyes, and uh, and uh, he had to repeat all night before he fell asleep. He had to repeat. She kept on saying, Fred, the doctor says, doctor, 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 the doctor says, doctor, doctor, doctor. That if you close your eyes, if I close my eyes, you're a goner. I'm a goner. And then at one point, I was, I'm a goner, I'm a goner. He started drinking the cactus juice and all that stuff. Remember that? Yeah. I remember. He Jake Allen was amazing tonight. Jake Allen was good in goal, and so was Marc-Andre Fleury. Both goaltenders were good. Both yeah, goaltenders were good. Doing points for us, even if they didn't get any points tonight. I mean, Yeah. What do you think is going to happen on the road trip? What do you think is going to happen on the road trip? Uh, probably going to get a couple points. They're competitive, so I don't see them giving any slack and just letting teams run them over. They're gonna, they're gonna give them a good, uh, a good game. Any changes you make with the lines? I don't know. I want to. I want to see the young guys play more. Uh, if if I could, like I'd bring. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd keep the young guys in, even if some other, older guys come back. I don't Who know what you're talking about. Do, like, Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Byron, guys? Anybody? Byron's here I, right now. Who are you talking I, about? I want. I want to keep Jack in the team. I want to. Yeah. Keep, I want to keep uh, Harris. Yeah. Harris is doing really good. Well, Harris is not coming out of lineup. I, I, I think that's safe to say. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. Some comments. Some questions. Let's go here. Man, it's hot in this room. Either that, or I'm gonna like just pass out for whatever reason. Uh, Tony, you can't orchestrate a tank when you're trying to build a winning philosophy. I didn't say, John DiRimo, thank you, to orchestrate a tank. If your team is missing talent organically, you're not going to win a lot of games. And at that point, you're going to finish near the bottom of the standings. 
And so you don't have to orchestrate a tank. I've never talked about the players orchestrating a tank. They don't do that. I've never talked about the coaches orchestrating a tank. They don't do that. But if general managers, if the general manager, and they have a two-double-headed monster here, basically has a team that doesn't have a lot of talent, they're not going to win a lot of games. Or if he takes some of that talent and he ends up trading it elsewhere in return for some future assets, well, then they're going to end up losing more often than not. And it's going to happen organically. Thank you. Other comments? Why don't we go to the phone lines? Dale in Toronto. Dale, what's going on with the Leafs? Tony, what's up, brother? Dubis fired yet? No, not quite yet. But Shel- uh, Sheldon Keith fired yet? Could be happening any day. I just thought I'd call in, man. I'm listening to your to your post game show here, really Thank enjoying you. it, and then just just thought I'd call in and and just give my thoughts on what's going on with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, look, before you go crazy here, I just want to say, like. Let me just say this, Tony, do you want the Montreal Canadiens to realistically finish somewhere? Let's say they're making a playoff push where they maybe just are scratching to get in. Or no, 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 outside? no, no. I want them to finish in the bottom three. So there is that. This is my whole point of calling in here, Tony, is that like I've been watching the Habs games and I, they look like a good young team to me, but not like a team that is, ready to go right now but the worst place you can possibly be is scratching to make the playoffs or just miss or just miss the playoffs so i think Cavs fans need to just cool their jets here and realize that young team a really good looking up and coming team and the best thing for the montreal Canadiens, in my personal opinion tony is that they don't finish like just scratching to make the playoffs or just outside. Let's go a little lower than that, get a, another top pick, and then let's keep building this thing for, for the Habs for, for years to come. Does that not make the most sense? In my opinion, it's going to be, or it should be, a year of more suffering in the short term where I believe they have to play the heck out of some of those veteran players who are on the final year of their contract so that they can increase their value so they can actually trade them away and get something for them. And number two, if they trade, if they play those veterans who just aren't bringing it all that much anymore, uh, more ice time they get, more chance they have of probably losing games. But the problem is, and Andre Turing, you told us last week when he joined us here on the on the Sick Podcast, the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, a coach is not going to play players to bring up their value, or he's not going to play players if he doesn't think they can help his team win hockey games. He's going to play who he thinks will help his team win hockey games. That's what Andre Turney said, and he's a lot smarter than I am. Thanks, Dale, for calling, and say hello to everyone in Toronto. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yes, all right. There you have it. Dale in Toronto. Some some questions. Daniela, bring up some questions here. Hoffman on the ice with a minute left after showing nothing for a season plus. Proof Marty has been told to tank. I don't think Marty's been told to tank. I think he thinks that Mike Hoffman is one of the best shots on the team, and if they're going to pull the goalie and they're going to be a man up and that Hoffman can help him score goals, even though he hasn't scored that many of them, but he did score one last game. Allen isn't going anywhere, says a texter. Well, it certainly looks that way. The day Suzuki is our number two center and Gallagher is consistently on the third line is the day we are a competitor again. This coming in from Spar La Tornade. That must be Chris La Tornade, uh, I would think. You can call us at one 585 sick I think I recognize the name. I'm sure I'm going to recognize the voice. 
Luigi and a Hunsick is this Luigi Damore. How you doing, Tony? Luigi, you? have you called the uh, the Sick Podcast before? Absolutely. I think uh, it was uh, about a week ago, Tony. Oh, my God. The call must have been so good. I almost forgot. Look at that, Luigi. Luigi, what's going on, Luigi? I'm teasing you. You know I, uh, you know, I, I love I, you. I, I remember when you called, and I, I told everyone you're one of my best friends. Go ahead, Luigi. And you're absolutely right. And you're a good friend as well, Tony. You're a fantastic person. Uh, I fell asleep during the game. I woke up, especially for you. I wanted to be up for the podcast, and I fell asleep in the second period. The game maybe was so Luigi. Maybe it wasn't the Canadians. Maybe it was too many carbohydrates. <laughs> no, I think it was the game, Tony. The game made me fall as soon as they went on the power play, and they were passing the puck back to each other, back and forth. I said, "This is it," and it was two one. There was nothing entertaining about tonight's game, uh, Tony. Uh, I thought Jake Allen was uh, superb in nets as usual. Yeah. And I believe in the rebuild. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, like you said, Jake Allen's going to steal a lot of points if he keeps on playing the way he is. And, uh, you know, Harris tonight was impressive for me. Harris, Harris was, was good. good. Harris minutes. was good. Yeah. He played, well, I think, over 25 minutes. I saw towards yeah. the end. And uh, I was impressed by Harris tonight. That's one guy that stood out in my mind. Guys like Hoffman, Tony, uh, they're done. These guys are done, Hoffman. But who's going to take them? That's what it is. Well, hopefully to... someone will take him at the trade deadline, and that's the way it's going to go down. Hopefully that happens, yeah. Louis. And they have to continue playing the way they are, Tony. It doesn't matter right now. You know, I really believe in the rebuild. They're going to have a hard time going on this uh, road trip. Uh, they may catch Buffalo in the first game back home because they're coming off the West Coast. Yeah. But uh, from St. Louis, uh, big team, Minnesota, uh, I don't see them doing well in this. Uh, I, I, I see them. If they're lucky, they'll get one win out of four. Adamo Sacchetti uh, says, eat tofu like George Larac, and you're not going to fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> but uh, what was so funny is that we were just closing watch of this game, and I didn't want to switch. By the way, the Detroit game, Tony, you're one not at fault because Huso was injured in the first minute of play. So he yes. came out of the game, and they put the backup and. uh it didn't turn out to be very good. They lost no, they got, they got up to a lead with Dylan Larkin scored the first goal, but the second the devil started shooting, they started scoring goals, and they scored a lot of them. Luigi, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and it won't even be on the sick podcast. It'll be, I'll give you a call from my cell phone tomorrow morning, the way you and I usually touch base in the mornings, a couple of mornings per week. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure speaking to you, Tony. Keep up the great work. And Thank uh, you, Luigi. Uh, Okay, a long night. time, Later. a long time listener of the radio station where I used to work at had the chance to meet him. Uh, I think somewhere in the in the stands at a soccer game and stuff like that. Became so close. Uh, he actually came out to watch my son's games many, many times uh, this year. Uh, he watched several of them, and uh, we touch base. And uh, he's a great man. He's one of my best friends in the whole world. And he was a listener before he became a friend. And uh, so. That's the beauty of talking sports. They say sports brings people together. It brought Luigi and I together, and it brought over 400 or 500 of you on at the same time on YouTube together, hundreds on Facebook, hundreds on Twitter, thousands engaging and sending messages, and I think we're about to be 10,000 subscribers strong on our YouTube channel of The Sick Podcast. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe to our Facebook. Subscribe to our Twitter. Leave us a five-star review on Google, Apple, or Spotify. 
and comment sick s-i-c-k if you're enjoying the podcast if you love it once again special thanks to the people who make it all possible energy transportation group 8.6 beer and lacage and of course all of you we together are a community we together are an army and there's no one stronger than us for Agnello and sammy cavallaro back in their home in kirkland not too far from park beneval and for me thanks for watching the sick podcast one team one dream i'm marinero we'll talk to you tomorrow same time same place starting at 10 p.m eastern have a good night go abs go and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. 